Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year to everyone, too. It's good to have you all here this morning. And um, I know that uh, tomorrow is a whole new year starts up. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today is making the most out of the new year. Cassie wanted me to remind everybody, if you know someone that hasn't got their ticket yet for uh, next week, we're really needing the head count because next week we're going to be having a brunch together at 10 o'clock and uh, eat together and look at our plans for 2024 and also look back a little bit at 2023 and what's what's happened, what we've accomplished. I, I don't know uh, if, if you've ever wondered about this. Why is the new year symbolized with a baby? I mean, they got the old year looks like he's ready to go any day, <laughs> and, and he is uh, in, a, in a sense. But then there's this baby new year that shows up and and uh, it's interesting where this idea has come from. It's it, our culture over over time had determined that it just seemed that when you start a new year, it's an opportunity for rebirth. And so, this idea of a baby began, a time to redo or reset, we would say, uh, a time for a new beginning. I mean, is anyone here besides me putting together a list of what you're wanting to do in 2024? Anybody? Sneak that hand up. Be courageous. There you go. Yeah, I am too. I'm putting together. There's some things I know I've got to get done. Some There's some things I need to do, you know, health-wise. And I'm sure that you've probably thought of some things, maybe diet, exercise, or maybe there's some financial decisions you're wanting to make or you're wanting to change. Or maybe it's just a habit. There's some kind of habit. You go, you know, I'd like to be able to just establish, change this bad habit and establish a new one. Well, New Year's Eve, that's what today is, is this opportunity. It points us forward. It makes, it forces us to look forward. I know some of us here, I, when I talk to some of you about every New Year's Eve, there's almost this sense of, I'm not, I don't really want to even think about it. Some of us, we don't even bother to come up with a New Year's resolution. We think it's a waste of time. And, um, I don't know, I, wherever you are with this idea, I just want you to know God wants you to have a great year. He, he wants you to look forward to what lies ahead. And uh, in fact, he even mentions this idea of a hope and a future. He wants you to experience that. And so as a follower, see, I get it for a non-believer to, to look at the new year and kind of go, I don't know. But as a follower, we need to be more optimistic more positive, you see, because as a disciple, as a Christian, as a believer, you have something to look forward to. You really do. Look at the Bible says here in Proverbs 13, 9, in your notes, if you want to follow along or look up here on the screen, it says good people can look forward to a bright future, but the wicked, well, it's like a flame going out. What's he mean by good people? Well, he's talking about righteous people. Now, talking about, now, by the way, righteousness doesn't mean right all the time, but someone who's pursuing God, someone who is looking to God, who's depending on God, who wants to please God. And the Bible promises this. He says, good, he, he says, you can look forward to a bright future if you're pursuing the Lord when you trust the Lord. It's, you see, God makes a huge difference when it comes to our future. And that's what I want to talk about is how do I get the most out of next year? How do we do that? Well, let's get right into this. Number one, expect to face some challenging moments. Like I said before, 
when you talk to people about, you know, you're looking forward to the new year, you get a, a whole bucket full of different ideas and different responses. And one of them is, well, you know, if it's anything like last year, you know, last year was a dumpster fire. You know, what's going to happen this year? Probably a lot of things that happened last year, they're going to be in, they're going to be in 2024 too. They're in front of you as well. And I know for some of us here, we say, well, you know, I, I'm going to, Tim, I know what you're saying. I need to look at the glass half full. I need to be that kind of person. And some of you are great at this. I think it's wonderful. But you're living in la-la land, folks, when you think the glass is only half full. Uh, you say, well, here's, here's the other side. Yeah, it's half empty. And you're in la-la land if you think it's just half empty. See, the glass is full. It's full. Full of all kinds of stuff. Full of good things. And full of bad things. And, and, and the thing is, I don't need to ignore, I don't need to ignore necessarily the bad and I don't need to overlook the good. I need to recognize both. Because they're in front of me. And no amount of wiggling and squirming and avoiding is gonna stop what's coming. Because it's just the way it is. Yes, being a Christian, I avoid a lot of problems. But never did God ever say He was going to insulate you and I from difficulty. He never made that promise. In fact, since I've been coming, since I became a Christian, it seems like troubles kind of took it up. There's a lot more things that do happen. Maybe, maybe it's I just notice them more, but I do think because we follow Christ, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have things that are going to challenge us. And that's probably the thing that we really, as Christians, we can see in our future that whatever happens, it's going to challenge us. It's going to stretch us, perhaps even test our faith. Look at this passage. Jesus said these words, and see if you can recognize anywhere it's talking about stretching or testing our faith in this passage. This is the message. Jesus said to his disciples, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you'll be unshakable and assured, deep at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, notice those, those words. He goes, I've told you this because you're trusting me. Because you trust me, I want you to be unshakable. I want you to be assured. I want you to have some peace. I want you to relax and calm down. Yes, stuff's going to come. But see, now you have me with you. And I've overcome these things. And I'll help you overcome them too. Even Solomon uh, when God gave Solomon all this wisdom, he used it to try to figure out what life was about. And one of the things that he got and one of the things that he noticed was about his future was something he wanted you and I to know about ours too. And that is in Ecclesiastes 3.1. Look at this passage. There's a time for everything. A time on earth and everything on earth has its special season. And that's true. Everything on earth has its special season. How many of you like the winter? What's wrong with you? How many of you despise the winter? You know, if I was to go in the back and ask the kids, how many of you like the winter? Every hand would go up. Why? Snow. They see snow. Snow day. Mom and dad see snow going, oh no, snow day. Isn't it funny? Every season has its good and its bad. Every cloud has its Okay, if that's what you want to say. Yeah, it does. It has. A, there's always, every season has something good and something bad 
And every year is going to have something good and something bad. And I need, I need to expect these to occur in, your, in my life. I need just to, to accept them, embrace them, maybe even benefit from them. And Solomon does that. I was looking at Ecclesiastes uh, before I came out here. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says these words. He says, there's a time for everything, a season. And he says, time to be born, a time to die. There's a season for both those. Time to plant, time to uproot, time to kill, time to heal, time to mourn, time to dance, time to weep, a time to cry. My Uncle Larry passed away just a few days ago. I'm doing the funeral. I'm getting to do the funeral. He's my favorite uncle. And his his daughter, he found out about his daughter. He didn't even know he had a daughter named Lisa. It was from an old girlfriend way back in his young days. She was asking, what do you think about having a family? He goes, oh, I never want to have kids. And so she broke up with him a few months later and moved far away. And then 20, 30 years later, she shows up at his door. I'm your daughter. He is thrilled. And she is going through his stuff right now. And we're texting back and forth because I just feel so intrusive. I just feel so strange. You know, it's, it's, she's so sad by the loss of her dad. She was there when he died. She was taking care of him as he drew his last breath. And yet she goes, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm like, I don't have any business going through his things. I go, I went through my dad's things. And let me tell you, there's lots of surprises, believe me. And most of them are cool. And she comes right back and there's a big photograph. I can't show it to you because it's inappropriate. But there's a photograph she found. And it's my uncle. He's in Japan on leave in the Navy. He's, and there's a bunch of girls around with his buddies. And he and his girlfriend are flipping off the cameraman. And she goes, I can't believe it. What a crazy photo. And she's laughing about it. And I'm going, yeah, there's more to come. Time to laugh, a time to cry. I'm crying and laughing at the same time as I'm texting her. At the same season, same time. Sometimes this stuff happens at the same time. Time to give, time to, to give up, time to search, time to embrace, time to refrain, time to hate. It says time to love, time to be quiet, time to speak. All of these are in front of you and I in 2024, and they're coming. Will you be, are you going to expect them? And if, if you're expecting them, could you be a little more optimistic? You have reason to be optimistic. This morning, you know, Job is a man who experienced lots of these seasons as well. He had it made, man. It was things were going great. He was rich. Family was everything was going well. And then about one day he lost his everything he owned. He lost his family and he has these boils. His health goes in the tank. And when he's told he is told uh, to give up because why don't you just curse God and die? And look at his response here up on the screen. This is in Job 2 verse 10. The, the message says, we take the good days. Why not the bad days? Originally, this lesson was going to call happens because I couldn't put the word in, right? We all know what the word is. Some of us have even said this word. It happens. Stuff happens. Remember Forrest Gump, the great theologian Forrest Gump? He's running along. The guy goes, what are you trying to say? Stuff happens? He goes, sometimes. And it does. Sometimes in front of you and I, stuff's going to hit the fan. But see, you and I can benefit from the stuff as believers. We really can. we got to believe this, that we can benefit 
from this stuff. You know, some, uh, let's face it, a lot of things grow. They need sunshine, but they also need the storms. They need both if they're going to grow. Years ago, Vernon and I, would go on these trips. We went on a Colorado trip. And, you know, I, I remember getting out of uh, preaching. I was taking two weeks off. We got in um, my truck. I said, where are we going, Vernon? And he just goes, we're going that way. So we start heading west. Well, where are we going the whole time? We're just, we're just going west, Tim. Yeah, but do we have an agenda? No, we do not have an agenda. What kind of trip is this? You'll never forget it. You'll talk about it. And I do. I talk about it all the time. So we go west, and we, we start getting into Colorado, and he says, we're going to go to Garnet. What's, what's at Garnet? Well, it's a ghost town. I haven't been there in 30-some years. Okay. Well, we go there, and it is now a state park. And so we go there, and, and we do some things. And then we take, when we get back on the main highway, the main interstate, and he says, turn right up here. What? Turn right up here. I turn right, and there's this old, you ever seen these old highways that are got cracks in the pavement and the weeds are growing up? It's obvious it hasn't been used. I go, Vernon, is this safe? There's no guardrail. I mean, there's, I mean, there's just drop-offs everywhere. We're in the mountains. I go, Vernon, are you sure about this? Tim, just follow it. It's Levita Pass. I've never been there. He's relaxed. How could he be so relaxed? Because he knows what's coming. And we go through these winds and turns and narrow places and there's holes and there's partial road and we work our way around. And then we see this beautiful, beautiful mountain range. It's September. The aspen have turned. It's incredible. He goes, aren't you glad you came? I said, yeah, I am. Man, this is, this is amazing. We would have never seen it if I'd have stayed on the main road. Never would have, uh, if he just said, turn right, and we go so far, and I go, oh, wait a minute, this looks scary. I'm getting off this road. I'd have never saw that. I'd have never experienced it. I'm putting it in reverse. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to try. Let's get back on the main road where I know what's going to happen. And he's all relaxed the whole time saying, Tim, don't you understand? Sometimes you've got to go through some twists and turns to get to the good stuff, to get to the beautiful stuff, to get to the wonderful stuff. And as a believer, isn't Jesus telling us that all the time? Isn't the word of God telling us all the time? You know, as we follow, as we go through up the, Paul says things like, you know, right now we're going through some things, some hard things, but they are just temporary and nothing compared to what's coming. If I'll just take it. See, you can't listen. Whatever you're going to run into in 2024 and you're going to hit some bumps and you're going to hit some twists and turns. I'm begging you as, as your pastor, do not bypass it. Stop going around it. Something in your marriage, something in your career, some habit you've got. Oh, here I am again. This same old thing. Oh, don't bypass it. Trust the Lord. Stay on this path. And you're going to be so blessed. Don't stop. Don't quit. I want to encourage some of you here. When you hit this roadblock, when you hit something, you go, it's impossible, it's impossible. All things are possible with the Lord. Stop thinking like that. Non-believers think that way. See, as a believer, we can be much more optimistic about what's coming. And the biggest decision in 2024 is not whether Biden or Trump get in office, church. That's really not the big decision. The big decision is what are you going to do when you face something? 
When you face that twist, that turn, that up, that down, that blessing, that burden. Because it's all good. It's all good. Number two, believe God will be with me. This has got me through so many times. There's times I just need to believe God is with me. That's a big deal. Years ago, I kidnapped one of my boys. After church, we get in the car. Denise is driving, and we're going to Lambert International Airport. Nathan's in the back seat. Where are we going? I said, we're going to, have, we're going to go eat somewhere. We pull up to the airport, and Denise hands the bags and goes, well, have a good time wherever you're going. What, what, you know, what? Dad, where are we going? We're getting something to eat. Lambert's got a great restaurant. So we go up to the ticket register. I said, listen, uh, I'm here to get tickets, but I don't want him to know what's going on. She goes, oh, I know what you're doing. Sure. Here you go and enjoy your trip. And looks at him and goes, wherever you're going. <laughs> and we're walking through Lambert, you know, the big part where all the, and we're, and he stops and he's scared. He's got this, oh, Dad, I just want to know something. I'm going, what? Are you going with me? Of course I'm going with you. I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. Oh, man, I thought you were sending me to military school or something. I go, why would I do what? That's a truth. That's a truth. I go, no, Nathan, I will stay with you the entire time. And I, the look on his face. <sighs> so dad's going to stay with me. 2024 is coming. My heavenly father is going to be with me. Is he going to be with you? He isn't going to move. He wants to go on this trip with you. He really does. Look what the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 15. It's King Asa is king of Judah. And he's been told to get serious. And how how does he get serious? Well, he, the prophet that he's talking to reassures him with these words. The Lord is with you when you're with him. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. What a promise he gives to King Asa. Asa, by the way, when you look at Second Chronicles 14 and 15, I dare you just to underline everything Asa does. He removes idols. He speaks to the people. He rebuilds this. It's all these things that he does because it says Asa was, when he heard these words, was filled with courage. Was filled with courage with what was lying ahead. And church, I want, I want to know, some of us here, we need some courage. I'm sure you need some courage, what you're facing. Because you're going through something now and you're, it's going to carry over to next year. And I want to, I want to reassure you and I want to encourage you, be courageous because the Lord is with you. He promises to stay with you. Let it encourage you. Let it fill you with courage, but also with some peace where you can go, okay, you're not going anywhere. Because God never intended to go anywhere and never intends to go anywhere. He makes promises to, to people in the Scriptures over and over and over. Look what Jesus said to His disciples before He left the earth. He said these words, You can be sure that I will be with you Always, And he was sending them out into the world. And they had never left town before. said, man, I want you to go all over the world and spread this. Hebrews 13, the Hebrew says this, Be happy. 
Because God has said, I will never leave you. I will always be there for you. So when you start this new year, there's going to be times you're going to wonder, where did God go? He never moved. But maybe you have. That may be the problem. Because He intends to stay with you. The question is, like this promise, the Lord is with you when you're with Him. Will you stay with the Lord and keep trusting Him? Because without Him, like the wicked, the flame is snuffed out. Like without Him, if I forsake Him, that I'm on my own. And you'll be on your own. And God doesn't want that. Here's the third one. Depend on God to work all things out for my good. I want to show you a clip that I'm hoping we can show you this morning here. We're going to try this. Okay, Eli, show it away. There's a video that I 100% legitimately play in my mind when I'm tired. I say good. Listen to this video. Have you ever heard this? It's amazing. I don't think I... He would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem. And he said, I already know what you're going to say. And I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's going to be some good that's going to come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted? Good. More time to get better. There's always something good in the bad. And God is able to take whatever happens to me, whatever happens to you, and he produces something good from it. And we need to believe this, church, as we start a new year and believe it throughout the year. You know, stuff happened to God's people all the time. And if there's ever someone that we we know a lot of stuff happened to, it was Joseph, right? That guy had a talk about a future. If you'd have talked to him about his future, when he was when he was in his family, when everything was going wonderful and he had this coat of many colors, oh, my future's bright. I'm the favored son. Things are great at home and it's wonderful. But then things take a turn. They take a turn. I mean, the next thing you know, there's jealousy in his home. They're trying to kill him. They put him in a well, but his oldest brother tries, saves him from that and says, look, we're not going to kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. And so what, what happens? He goes into slavery, but he has this great master named Potiphar that's really good to him. And he entrusts him. But then he gets, he gets lied about. He gets, he gets uh, cheated, gets thrown into prison. And you think, oh, this is bad, but, but something good happens. What good, what's the good that happens? He begins to, the, 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 the uh, warden or the jailer really admires him and says, man, you're just really a, a responsible guy. I need. I want to trust you. And he and prison isn't so bad. It's still prison, but it isn't so bad. And then on, then then uh, he he uh, opens up the door. God opens up this door for him to visit or to get to know this cupbearer. And this cupbearer knows the king. And next thing you know, he's out of jail. He's in the palace, and he's got everything second in command. And then there's a famine. And his family is brought together through something horrible. 
And next thing you know, Joseph is, reveals himself to his brothers. And are his brothers glad to see him? No, they're terrified. We're all going to die. And he said, wait a, wait a minute, let me explain. You see, J- J- Joseph was a man, not a boy. He went from being a boy, became a man. We're looking at uh, next year, the five marks of a man. If you want to get a copy of that, uh, wives, to give to your husbands, five marks of a man. Uh, and if you don't have a wife, uh, some of the wives here will buy you one. I'm sure they'll do that. But it's the five marks of the man. And the very first mark is a man. The difference between a boy and a man is a boy thinks about now and maybe two seconds ahead. But a man thinks long term. And Joseph learned to think long term. And look what he says here. This is what a man of God, this is what you were supposed to be. He says to his brothers, you planned something bad for me. But God produced something good from it. You planned this. But God produced this. My dad, one time we were walking out of the farmhouse and and he goes, do you smell that? And I went, smells like pig. You know, we were pretty open about our language at our house. He said, no, that's not pig. That's money. I got my change. (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh, I figured out what he was talking about. That's money. You know, something about crap, it really grows things well. It's like a fertilizer. I remember we had lots of equipment on our farm. Our tractors, we made sure they ran well. But one of the things that we really treasured was our turd hearst. It was the turd hearst. That's what we called it. The turd hearst. You would scoop all the turds in the pig stuff in the, and then you go spread it in the fields. Dad said, I want this turd hearse to look really good. I hope you don't mind me saying hearse. But he, I want this turd hearse to look really good. And I go, what do you want, Dad? Because I loved doing stuff like this. He goes, I want it painted black. But I want all the steel painted silver. It looked like a hearse. We cherished that thing. We took, we greased that thing. Why? Because... Great stuff grows in crap. And so when the crap hits the fan or when crap happens to you, let me reassure you. Some of us know this is true. There's been some good, good stuff happens from bad. I love that last line. Didn't get the promotion? You didn't get the promotion? Good. Gives you time to prepare. That's not looking at the glass half full or half empty. It's just looking at everything and going, everything has a purpose. Joseph had that. He said, again, you planned it, but this is what God produced from it. Even the Apostle Paul, I got to imagining this. I'm going to read a passage to you here in a second. He lists all the things that happened to him. Can you imagine if somebody, somebody asked you, ever asked you this? So uh, how's your life changed since you've been a Christian? And you get to practice that B-E-S-T thing, what it was like before, and then E, the events, and then what I did to be saved, and what it's like today, and it's always this, you know, that's how you have the best testimony. Here's Paul's testimony. Here's, you can just imagine, so he said, so what's it been like since you've been a Christian, Paul? Oh, I've been beaten up so much I forgot. I've been shipwrecked. One time I was marooned. 
Uh, I've had my life threatened a lot of times. Oh, is this the B? The E? No. The S? No, it's the T, what it's like today. Are you kidding me? Oh, I, I could go on and on. Let's read this passage. Look at this. Imagine this. He goes, I've worked very hard, it says here up on the screen in 2 Corinthians 11, and been jailed more often. I've been to jail. Since I've been a Christian, I've been to jail a few times. What? No, that's what happens before you become a Christian, right? You get into trouble, you get into a mess, and oh, I served some time. Remember one time my little boys were, were having a small group at my house, and one of my sons asked one of our guests, so how did you like cell? We called it cell groups. He goes, how'd you know I was in prison? And he was laying into him. I go, no, no. He thinks he's talking about cell groups, small groups. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we think we associate jail time before we become a Christian. He goes, I've been flogged. I've been at death's door. I've almost died. Time after time. More than once, I've almost died. That don't make sense. This is, I'm just telling you what happened to me. I've been shipwrecked three times, adrift open to the sea at night and the day. I've had a hard traveling year in and year out. My car's broke down a lot. I've run out of gas a lot. That's basically what he's saying. I've crossed rivers. Not on a ferry. I had to swim across them. Fend off robbers. I've been mugged. I've been mugged and robbed several times. This is after your baptism, right? Yep. We're part of a family that's going to die and get robbed and poked in the eye. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm getting here. Struggled with friends. Oh, no, our friendships are great now. Really? You've been a member here long enough? Figure that out. Struggle with my foes. I've been in the risk of the city, risk in the country, endangered in the desert sun, the sea storm, betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've been hurt by other believers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long lonely nights without sleep. I've went without sleep and sometimes I've not been able to eat, he says. I've missed many meals. Blasted by the cold. I've slept on the curb. Naked in the, to the weather. And that's not the half of it. You mean there's more? Why, sure. And he goes on and says, there's daily pressure I have for my church. Wait a second. What church do you go to? I go to this church where I feel this daily pressure. And when I see, when I see somebody about to quit, it just wrenches me down to the bone. And when I see somebody fall into sin, it Oh, it just, my gut, catch on fire. Then why do you keep going, Paul? Why would you say this to me? Because you're going to go through a lot of stuff, Tim. I wish I'd always remembered this. I've been through a lot of stuff, and I've ran from it, hid from it, avoided it, didn't want to deal with it. And Paul, Paul says, well, there's more stuff coming. Sooner or later, you're going to have to come to terms with this. He even said one time, I think uh, in Acts 20, he says, all I know is this, God warns me of hardships that are coming. But I've got to finish this mission. 
Paul, I don't, I'm confused here. I thought when you became a Christian, everything went great and rosy. No, it doesn't always do that, Tim. God doesn't insulate it. Even Jesus said you're going to have trouble. What keeps you going? What keeps you depending on God? Well, let me tell you from Romans 8. It says, and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plan. You see, if I'm fitting into God's plans and I'm I'm obeying, I'm cooperating with God, I'm changing my agenda for His, His, His values, you know, changing my values for His, and I'm seeking to please Him, my future does get bright. Oh, there's moments it gets dim, but ultimately it's brighter and brighter. See, I, I think I've got on the notes there, everything is, I heard this this week, just was looking at a glip here, and this guy said this, and I thought it was so true. Everything is either God sent or God used. God's either sending it, and if He doesn't send it, He can use it. He'll use it in your life. He makes it all good. So I want to say to you, again, 2024 is going to begin tomorrow. And what lies before you, church, all those things, all things. Last time I checked the Greek word for all, it meant all things. God works for good. What's the thing you got going on now? He wants to work for good. And the thing that you're going to face in 2024, good and bad, He will produce something good from it. You say, boy, Tim, I don't know. A lot of stuff's happened to me. Man, God must really want something good to happen to you. I'm going through the ringer right now. Oh, my gosh. Me too. But you you and I, we can know this. We can believe this. We can decide to believe this. God's about to do something good. And the fourth thing is, I trust God with the next step. I originally said, your future starts tomorrow. I was going to say that to you all. It actually starts today and tomorrow. I got an example. Look here in James 4. James says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to. And he says, we're going to do this or this or that. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us, pay attention here, church, listen to this. If the Lord wants us to, this is what God wants us to do, we will live and do this and that. I want to ask you this morning, as you think about tomorrow, as you think about tonight, and you're going to look back on 23, you're going to look ahead in 2024, I just want to ask you, what are you planning to do today and tomorrow? It's a big, it's a big decision. You know, next week we're going to look at what, what happened in 2023 and we're going to look ahead and the, the, le- the lesson is going to be called, you are here. I am, here's what's behind me. Here's what's in front of me and I'm here. What do I do now? What does God need me to be? Not just to glorify his name, but to build a great place for people to meet Jesus.
What are you planning to do today? What's your plan today and what's your plan tomorrow? Because what you decide to do today and tomorrow is going to determine so much of your future. And whatever whatever it is, I hope you'll, I want to encourage you, I'm going to trust the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know what quite that's going to mean sometimes, but whatever I come in contact, whatever I have a season, I'm going to trust the Lord through that. Philippians 1 or 3, Paul said this, My Christian friends, I do not think that I have reached that place yet. But this is what I do. He's saying, this is what I'm going to do today. I've not reached tomorrow yet. But this is what I'm going to do now. I do not think about past things that have already happened. Instead, I try hard to reach the things that are in front of me. I'm not going to live in the past. You know anybody that talks about their awards in the past, their successes in the past? Yeah, I do too. I've done it myself. Uh, You know anybody that talks about, well, that happened to me, so I'm never going to try that again. They're living in the past. Paul says, I don't even look, I don't look at the, the good and the bad and the ugly anymore at the past. I don't dwell on it. Oh, I might learn from it, but I'm not, um, but I'm not going to keep looking at it. Instead, I'm going to, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go into the next tomorrow, the future, and I want to really try hard to reach what God has in front of me. What is that next step for you? Look what he says in the next verse. I push myself forward. He doesn't say, the leadership pushes me forward. My mom pushes me forward. My kids push me forward. Although they may do that. The wife pushes me forward. That is a true statement in my home. I'm thankful to have that. But somehow, sometimes, some way, I've got to go, I push myself forward toward the goal to win the prize. God has appointed me to win it. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. And like I want to say again, it reminds you, Paul is realizing, is there more in front of him? Much more in front of him. There's much more in front of you than there is behind you. When you think of eternity, there's so much more ahead for you and I than behind us. The best is yet to come. But I have to do my part. I have to press myself forward. What is it? What's, what is it that needs to happen? Is there more work to do? Is there more change to make? Is there more growth to experience? I know this. There's more life to live. More life with Christ Himself. And this will all depend on your next step. That's why I think at the bottom of, there's someone at the bottom of the notes, my next step. I want to encourage you to really think about that. Don't do it because I say, or I'll just say, if you just think about, what is my next step? And, and, and I'd like you to answer it in two ways. One, what is the next step I need to do? And what's a bold, daring, faith, crazy, mind-blowing, getting God off the throne to make sure I don't die step that I could do 
in 2024. I need to make that one too. So there's the lesson. And I hope that uh, God will grant you um, an outlook, an approach to where you can look forward to what lies ahead. We have a card in your bulletin if you want to respond to it. Um, if you want to write something down, people people pray over these cards. They pray through these cards. Uh, I, I say this every once in a while just to reassure you. Nobody sits around going, did you see what they wrote? They don't talk to somebody else and go, "Did can, the nerve. They don't talk to somebody else. They only talk to Jesus Christ about this. Jesus, do you see what... That's, those cards are so holy and sacred. And they're treated with respect here. Because you're asking people, you're opening up your life a little bit. And I just pray you, you'll have the courage to do that and say, here, I want you to pray that I can make this step this year. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that as we close out and we sing a song and then we'll close the service out. Stay safe in a lot of ways. Don't get hurt. But uh, be daring. Be daring on this last day of 2023. Blow it out with something cool. Let's pray. Father, we thank You and praise You for the good. We love that good. And Father, we say with humility and with a little fear, oh, we want to thank You for the bad. I don't even know if we're, you know, oh, help all of us here to capitalize, to let you produce something from it. Whatever we're facing and what we'll face in the future, that we won't let it scare us to death because you're with us. You promised to stay with us the whole time. Father, we pray that you'll make us a people, make us a church that's unafraid to take a bold step by faith. That uh, as, as things uh, taste good and test our faith, we pray, Father, that you will be always be the one that we give glory to. We love you so much. Purify our motives. Give us more courage. Help us, Father, help each of us here make the most of this next year. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. When all is said and done, and everyone is gone, Lord, you're really all I want. When the, the world has just leaves me feeling numb, Lord, you're really all I want. All that I long for, all that I hope for, just that sense of you coming near. All that my heart is hungry to have is just one more touch from your love. Said and done, Lord, you.
said and done, and everyone is gone. Lord, you're really all I want. When the best the world has just leaves me feeling numb. Lord, you're said